The Evolve with Pete Evans podcast is a conversation about my favorite ingredients for a healthy human experience. We take an informed look at topics that include nutritional and emotional well-being as well as expanded consciousness. I love exploring the topics that are not traditionally taught at school and take a deep dive into them with my special guests. I invite you to sit back and come along for the ride with an open mind and heart and please share with your family and friends as these podcasts may just be the seed from which many things will flourish from. Cheers. We've been using Waters Co. water filters for the last 10 years and I wholeheartedly trust my family's health with them. Waters Co., established 1977, have personal and domestic water filters, which turns your ordinary tap water into great tasting, alkaline, ionized mineral water, which removes up to 99.9% of fluoride, heavy metals, chemicals, and bacteria, so you can love your tap water again. The Bio 1000 is the latest edition of the BMP 1000 model and the culmination of over 40 years of experience and research into water filtration by some of the world's leading scientists. Waters Co. was first to market with natural gravity-fed systems, creating alkaline water way back in 1984, and have continued to lead the market in research and development, setting the benchmark for all other brands to follow. Please go to my webpage, PeteEvans.com, to learn more and to receive your special discount from my link on the products page. You're going to love it. Dr. Hisham Abdallah is a New Zealand doctor practicing as a laser cosmetic dental surgeon. He is also a professional educator, transformational speaker, mind and mouth health expert and researcher, as well as founder of Laser Life Care Institute and Laser Kids Dental. He is an international best-selling author and personal leadership coach, and he publicly teaches progressive wellness through balancing the health of mind, mouth, body, society, and humanity individually and collectively. He believes that a true healthcare physician is one who empowers, energizes, and engages humans to look after themselves and firmly believes in the power of integrity and human unity. To find out more about Dr. Hisham, please visit his website, drhishams.nz. That's D-R-H-I-S-H-A-M-S dot N-Z. Dr. Hisham, thank you so much for joining us again for part two. Thank you. Good to be here. Always love being here, man. Oh, fantastic. And we wanted to delve into actually the work that you do today, which is talking about what this beautiful part of our anatomy is Amen. for and how we best can look after it. I'm going to be quiet and I'm just going to let you channel what all your experience into what does it mean to look after our, our dental health holistically. Let's get into it. Awesome, brother. Thank you. So first of all, I'd like to reiterate from our last talk, the introduction to all this is that the math is not a thing. It's the portal to the human body. So I think of its own. It is not connected to the rest of the body as actually many work colleagues are saying more and more now. The math body connection, that this when were they disconnected that now they're connected? It is not a connection, it's a continuum. The word is continuum. It's a continuous part of the continuous part of the one whole part, basically. The distinction is, is that it's the portal. So it's the portal to a whole. Get it? It's the hole that's the opening to the hole. <laughs> so, and with that being said, I will delve a little bit into some anatomy or physiology, not, not details, but just to put it into context. 
otherwise it won't make sense the rest of it the portal to the body being like i said the math it's everything that's inside the math and every function that goes on inside the math and of course what goes into what comes out of and what goes on inside the math all directly control what happens in the rest of your body so for example gut bacteria the gut microbiome that was woo woo stuff 15 years ago any of us who spoke about that was and then suddenly roughly about 10 years ago it became the biggest thing and the research and the evidence and every doctor that was woo at that time talking about it is now at the forefront which is great and of course i love it and it comes with that leaky gut and gut microbiome and most of immune system in the gut and how the gut controls the brain not the brain controls the guts and the vagus nerve and all these other things love it totally believe it however still i wouldn't say nobody but hardly anybody you know i want to be misquoted here hardly anybody at that time until today talks about the real portal and the real leaky part of the body which is the mouth the math is what seeds and feeds everything that's inside the guts, including the microbiome itself. You don't get gut microbiome from somewhere. Where does it come from? From the math. The moment of birth, we swallow our mother's vaginal fluid, and that's the very first seeding of the math and the gut microbiome. And from then on, it continues the process. Whether we keep it in balance, out of balance, we'll come to that. That's a whole different section of the talk. So feeding, seeding, whatever happens in the math, and what goes down to the gut. Therefore what controls our gut and our gut microbiome is our math, literally, not metaphorically. Before that even, really, it is the math that controls everything else or what happens inside the math. So from your breathing, how well your breathing is going, so always nose breathe, not math breathe, that messes up this. The development of the jaws is what sets up the stage for the nasal airways to be open or closed, middle ear infections. The most common two infections in children worldwide, middle ear infections and tooth decay by infection basically and both of them are all diseases they've got nothing to do with the ear it's all microbiome imbalance and of course as we get older the bad breath the gum disease the this the that but mainly every other microbiome imbalance that happens inside the mouth is directly affecting every other part of your body and the more we study that the more we know it is a fact however you do the thought experiment first you understand how it works first and then you continue to prove it bit by bit that's fine so alzheimer's plugs the protein plugs that cause Alzheimer's, all of them have oral bacteria. Heart plugs that cause atherosclerosis, so anything that, any plug that stops your heart or whatever will always have oral bacteria in it. Everywhere else, it's, where's all this stuff coming? Good or bad, it's all coming from the mouth. So it's not, when I talk about the mouth, I don't talk about teeth and gums. That's included. It's not it, though. It is the mouth. And the other major part, so... Like I said, what happens inside the mouth? And of course, the expression, like I said, whatever goes on inside, whatever goes through food. I mean, hey, don't get me started on food. <laughs> talking to you, man. As we were talking in the last video, we all have our strengths and weaknesses, and that's what we need each other to serve each other. And you can't be intelligent and great at everything in life, so you've got to pick your strengths. So if you ask me about cooking, especially sitting in front of you, I'd be an idiot. You know, I am an idiot at cooking, and I'm happy to admit that. So does my wife, as she happily repeats it to me for the last 20-something years that we've been together. And I'm okay with that. It's not only I you know, like accept it, it is a fact. Fine, I'm an idiot at this. What am I great at? Leave the greatness at this part to somebody else. And I respect them and I learn from them and I enjoy what they give me and vice versa. So anyway, food, I'm not going to go into detail about food today unless you ask me specific questions. Just in general, obviously, not about cooking. 
food, nutrition, whatever we consume, everything that goes inside the mouth, through the mouth, obviously, for the rest of the body, and products that we put inside our mouths every day for a lifetime. And this is what's framing what I'm coming to really well. So what goes through, what goes on inside, the ecosystem, it's a whole, we are an ecosystem, living with an ecosystem, and within us is an ecosystem. We are trigenomic. We have three gene systems that control our bodies, and they're all interdependent. None of them can exist or do anything without the other, without signaling and by signaling to its own kind and to the other kind. Three gene pools. One is our own cellular DNA, the genes of our own cells, which is in the same exactly in every cell. What turns on and off is epigenetics. We don't need to go into that, but that's again environment. The genetic components of our mitochondria, which are totally distinct, totally independent, totally irrelevant to the DNA. Well, not irrelevant, but distinct to the DNA in our cells. They signal to each other. There's always a bicycling going on, what to do and talking to each other, basically. And of course, our microbiome genomics, which is a huge part because we're 90% non-human cells. And their DNA and their activity is constantly controlling our DNA, or signaling at least. It's not about control because nothing is in control of the other. Everything is in flow and interdependence with the other. So three totally independent genes that get signaled to switch on, switch off, and they signal out to switch on, switch off the light that we were talking about before. There's always a biphotonic signaling that's going on to tell it, make this, do that, don't do this, make that, don't make the other protein or whatever. So we're going to look after all these three genomic components, because we are trigenomic, like I said, with everything that we do. As we said last time, balancing or health is our ability to balance back. It's our ability to be able to continue that balancing dynamic process. And that depends on two things, awareness, modulation. So conscious or unconscious, and most of it is unconscious actually, there's an awareness, a signaling that goes from one to the other, perception of that signal, translation, action as a result of that translation of that signal. So whether the genes or the activity of the cells or the molecules they produce or whatever, they're all by signaling molecules to each other. That's the awareness. And then of course the modulation, they're telling each other what to modulate. Turn this up, turn this down. Hey, we guys, we the good guys can't live in this environment and this ecology. We're gonna die out. Of course, that's a signal to the bad guys. Between bacteria, this is called quorum sensing. They sense each other literally at huge distances. There's a quantum collapse. Suddenly there's a bad bacteria and it starts to grow. Where did it come from? We don't know. Suddenly the environment shifts and good bacteria appear. Where did they appear from? We don't know. It's literally a quantum collapse, exactly like I'm saying it. But it's all about the environment and the signal that goes in between. So between bacteria themselves and biofilms, as we have in our mass and our guts, and of course on our skin and every other surface, between our mitochondria, each other end to the microbiome, and of course our cellular DNA itself. So looking after all of this is important. That's our conscious awareness to say, okay, how can I help this process continue to work in my favor? It's supposed to work in our favor. All these three substances or living creatures, actually each one of them is a living creature by itself, but we only live as a community in symbiosis. When we are out of symbiosis into dysbiosis, either any of these, when there's a dysbiosis between mitochondria and the human cell within the same cell, basically, the mitochondria always wins it either will cause cancer because it will signal to the DNA to go crazy or it will cause cell apoptosis and kill the cell because the mitochondria is what controls the life and death of the cell. So 
are they talking to each other properly? Are they signaling properly? Are they are translating each other's signals properly? And they're acting based on that properly or not? One question. And of course, like we said with the microbiome, same thing. So with all this being understood, and I'll just summarize it in here. So the sphere of quantum health, as I call it, is dependent on these three facts. I don't know if you can see it there. Quantum biology is dependent on and interacting with, because everything influences the other. Nothing is separate. It's all within the same sphere. Quantum biology, quantum biochemistry, quantum biosignaling. So the biology is controlled by the biochemistry, but also controls its own or influences its own biochemistry once it starts the process. And the signaling changes the biology, changes the biochemistry. Each one is a signal to each other. With that in mind, there has never been an oral care system that took any of this human physiology, human biology, human biochemistry into account, let alone understood, let alone acted upon, ever. There hasn't been ever and there isn't today, and I know what I'm talking about because that's what I do in my life. I don't play golf, I don't go fishing, I don't go kayaking. This is just what I do all the time. And I'm not saying nobody else will come up with something similar, but hey, please do it. I even dropped my patents uh, this year that I've been fighting for, for seven years, and I got challenged, of course, multiple times. Many stories there. One of them was by a professor in Australia who wrote a big letter to the NZDA. Hiroshima is making his own products, and he's going to join the dark side, literally, join the dark side fighting amalgam, and his products are this. And I'm like, oh, of course. Anyway, long story. So drop the patents because I want people to do what I'm doing in their own way. That's okay. It's not about competition. It's about completion. So my whole methodology, it's not just a product or a system or whatever. It's a whole holistic all care system where we're looking after the whole human body and human health and human well-being intelligently through what we do with the math and for the math and inside the math. So you talk about, you've actually coined the term leaky mouth, is it? Thank you. Yes, leaky mouth. So let's get into that. What does that mean? Okay, I'll draw a very quick funnel, big hole at the top, bottom hole at the bottom, and a sphere again of existence around it. That is the portal to the sphere. That's our body, basically, the sphere. This is the gut system. This is our whole gut. One top opening, one bottom opening, and it's literally that, a funnel. And it's continuous. As I said before, it's a continuum. The skin of your cheeks and the inside of your lips and the floor of your mouth, that mucosa, is exactly the same as what you have on the other end. It starts here, finishes there in between. There's a few changes, obviously, because of function. Ah, while we had this diagram, notice this diagram is exactly the problem with human beings. The funnel is a funnel. The top hole is an out hole and an in hole. And the lower hole is only an out hole. And it should be only an out hole, but anyway. The problem right here is the upper hole is much bigger than the smaller hole. So the crap that goes in is much more than the crap that comes out. So watch the crap that goes into your upper, into your portal, into your bigger hole. Because that one you can control. You can't control the other one. You can influence it by you controlling what happens in here. No, control. That's a, a big word. We can't control, but we can influence heavily everything that happens through here. So the leak, basically, that goes right through the whole body starts here by directly what goes on inside, by whatever biochemistry and biology is happening inside here that leaks out to the rest, again, through either swallowing or directly through the mucosa. And of course, any substance you put in your mouth, and I mean any substance, I'm not going to go metaphysical here, even though it's true, there's a quantum 
bioenergetic signal to everything that as soon as it's sensed by the other energy field will interact. So if you understand kinesiology, and I'm sure you do at least a little bit, and most of your listeners will at least know about it, that's just a quantum signal. It's bring something near your energy field. And I love doing tests with my products when I'm live with people with bioenergetics and kinesiology. And go, oh my goodness, what? So there's a quantum signal as soon as something enters your mouth before that substance gets ingested. And whatever we ingest, we must digest. So whether it's the actual energy itself or the actual substance, the chemistry of the substance. So there's the physics and the chemistry of the substance itself. And the math is supposed to be leaky by default while it's controlling how much and what leaks. It's modulating what, what leaks inside because it's a sensory organ. Your math is your primary sensory organ sensing everything that goes into your body before it goes anywhere else to prepare the body. So for example, when you're chewing, here we go again. That's your skill, actually. You are working with the degustatory impact of the human emotion by what you feed those people. Of course, we look at the food. It should look good and all these things. That's first. But, and secondarily, we smell it. But primarily, the end point, the, you know, the moment of joy, basically, is when it enters into here. That sensory experience, you haven't swallowed anything. You haven't even started chewing maybe yet. Just tasting it, boom, a signal. Threat or foe. Food or threat immediately. If it's toxic, if it's bitter, if it's a toxic substance, you go, okay, your whole body goes into a sympathetic shock, basically, defend. That's a whole body instant experience. No molecules have got into your body yet, but the sensory experience is known. It's a natural defense mechanism, that's why we have it. And vice versa, oh, food is coming. Start the parasympathetic nervous system. Start to salivate. Salivation is a parasympathetic nervous system controlled factor basically. Oh, food, start to salivate, start the flow. Oh, start the gut juice is working, food is coming. So we know that even just by contact, because everything goes, like I said, energetically and physically through the mucosa. Our human mucosa, why don't we talk about mucosa for a second? Mucosa, this stuff you see on the inside of your lips, of course, it's continuous with your cheeks, continuous down with your throat, not linked, continuous, it's one membrane, and under your tongue as well. It's called mucosa because that's short for mucosal membrane. It is a membrane, not a barrier. Skin is a barrier. Gums are in between. Gums are thicker than mucosa. They're keratinized. We call that keratinized layer. So they have some dead cells, but mainly a protein called keratin on the outside to thicken it, to protect it, to become a barrier. But the mucosa has no keratin, no protection, and that's why you can see the blood vessels through them. They're five and at thickest, 10 cells thick, and that's it. And it's a membrane. It's supposed to allow things in while keeping other stuff in. Same as the gut. This is not an analogy. This is exactly the same, like I said, it's a continuum. So if you keep breaking that disturbing and irritating and breaking that mucosal membrane, which also, by the way, must be always wet. That's why we're always wet on the inside. And the more wet and flowing, this sounds bad now, but anyway, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> sounds naughty. <laughs> The wetter we are on the inside, and the more moist and more flowing we are on the inside, the healthier we are. The moment we start to dry that up, trouble really hits because it breaks down very quickly. Skin can be and is a lot more dry, but mucosa cannot be dry at all. So saliva, which is the blood of your mouth, basically, and, and of course, down here, all the other fluids that we produce in the mucus and all these things, they're supposed to keep everything lubricated and help with the sealing. So anything that dries up that mucus, that saliva, anything that keeps shocking into sympathetic nervous system 
basically dries up to the saliva every time you're scared, you dry up. That's a natural response. We just don't want to keep triggering every day again and again and again, especially not first thing and last thing at night. Anything that's a direct irritant to that mucosa will break it up. Example, alcohol. Alcohol in math rinses, alcohol drinking, whatever, breaks up the mucosa. That's why it increases your risk for cancer dramatically because it's killing your cells, that burning sensation when you drink alcohol or when it's with some crappy rinse like Listerine or any of the other copycats, thousands of them all around. That burning is your cells dying and mucosa opens up. The other thing is detergents. Soap, forming detergents, even good, clean soaps and detergents that you make in a bar. Those are for skin. Because skin is thick and it has a barrier and it sheds. Mucosa does not shed like that. Do not put any soap in your mouth, any detergents in your mouth. People go, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, okay, exactly. Would you put this soap, any soap that you're using, up your other mucosa? Or if you're a woman, up the vagina? Like, ew, no. Like, thank you. Ew, no. So why are you putting it in your mouth every day? I'm talking about toothpaste here. All of them. Natural, unnatural, whatever. All of them. Like, what ridiculousness is this? Who said that? We should be putting soap and detergents on our mucosa anywhere in the human body daily for a lifetime. Can you explain how a toothpaste is a detergent or a soap or explain that in detail? Because I know I was like, oh, I mean, exactly what, do what you I mean? said when I it. Thank you for highlighting that point. So, okay, like I said, soaps in general, detergents and alcohol and many other things break up the mucosa. Literally, we have science on this since ever opens up the spaces between the cells, everything leaks inside. That's part of the leaky mouth. So how does it do this? Or sorry, why are toothpastes soap? Because that's what is a toothpaste. By definition, the word toothpaste means a detergent, an abrasive, and a humectant. That is how any little young undergraduate chemistry student will be, you know, studying to make cosmetics or whatever, will be taught how to make a toothpaste. Now add into that some essential oils, a lot of essential oils, which is very bad if you add too many, of course, some fluoride, some this, some that, whatever other micro additives, that's the other stuff. And that's the least of the worries. But what is a toothpaste? What is in that tube is detergent, as in a foaming agent, a detergent, an abrasive or multiple abrasives, and a humectant. That's how you make toothpaste, period. Everything else is micro drops. None of these things are for human use every day. Can we go back into the history of, because uh, I've studied some of the work of Dr. Weston A. Price and oh, the indigenous yeah. cultures. So, because they had pretty amazing teeth and jaw structures mm-hmm. with no mm-hmm. cavities. What did they use in traditional societies? Fabulous question. To keep their teeth healthy. Fabulous question. First of all, they did not, as a collective, and again, every new society had their own thing, their own diet based on the land and all these things, their own habits and their own cleaning or self-care products based on what's available to them. What is within, so ecology is always based on economy, management of resources, because eco is home and ology is study of. Economy is management of our home space, of our resources. So given what they had, they always ate the right things. They did not have consumerism and capitalism to force upon them stupid diets and stupid consumerism issues and all these things. So, and their food was full of what it's supposed to contain and all the vitamins and all the minerals. And if it's not in the soil, it's not in the plant, it's not in the plant, it's not in the beast. If it's not in the beast, it's not in the other beast that eats the beast. <laughs> we are not what we eat, we are that what we ate, basically, whatever it eats. So 
they had the right meals, the right vitamins and all these things, not knowingly, but subconsciously, because that's what was there. So first of all, they did not have those huge spikes of imbalancing factors that were diseasing them basically, or as we are today, as I am one of those examples myself growing up as a child, we are constantly favoring, because what we're doing, favoring the imbalance in our microbiome, in our physiology and, and everything else. So that's number one. They did not have the same risk factors like we had. Second to that, many cultures did not stipulate cleaning their mouths as a habit, and yet many did. Whichever ones did, because they didn't need to do it as much as we do today. Whichever ones did, always used powders, plant fibers, plant twigs. For example, in Islam, like Islam was one of the first religions to not just stipulate, but it was like it was mandated. It's part of what you do, other than washing five times a day before you pray. No urine, no feces, no blood on your body at all. It has to be washed off five times a day. That's, stipul- that's the law. If you, if you don't do that, you're actually not technically practicing. Belief is a different thing, but you're not practicing the thing. And the other thing was cleaning your mouth with twigs of plant called the miswak tree. In India, they had the neem tree. In ancient Egypt, they used silica powder, basically what we call today diatomaceous earth which I have in my organic dental detox powder, basically, just a form of silica, basically. So some people use charcoal, which that's way too abrasive. They use all sorts of different things, but the majority of them, especially the ones that succeeded and stayed on, were plant-based twigs, oils, shrubs. So as you're cleaning with the thing, there's a mechanical cleansing, which is important to remove dirt and debris and reduce the biofilm, but also the oils that are within the plant itself and the minerals and everything else remain in your mouth. So that's what they used, ancient philosophies. Nobody ever used soap. Nobody ever ate soap. Nobody ever made, and they made soap. The ancient Egyptians made soap. The ancient Chinese made soap. None of them put it in their mouths. Like, uh, it was for their bodies and for their clothes and for whatever, for outside. Because simplest analogy, just very simple analogy. And you know, I can talk about science till the cows come home, but it's not about science. It's about the sense behind the science. What do we do every day? How do you understand this? Why do we use soap? Yeah, it separates and breaks up. To break down oils. That's the sole purpose of using soap. You're a chef. (laughs) You're a master chef. Oh, sorry, you're an MKR chef. Uh, (laughs) You've got oil on your pan, and it's floating on top of water. You put a drop of detergent on your soap. What do you see? You can actually see what I'm talking about right now, yeah? You see the oil breaking down. And that's why you use it to break up, because it binds to the oils and breaks them apart. Fine for outside, because we've got to shed that. This part here, do not ever do that and start to break down that saliva, break down. Because saliva is not water. It's like everything else, mostly water, of course. So is our blood, so is the ocean, so is everything else. But what else is in it? What makes a difference? It's what else is in it. So it has mucins, which are like oils, basically. It does have oils and little microlipids to make it sticky. Because saliva is flowing, but it's also sticky. It's slimy ants and flowing all at the same time. So don't break those oils. Don't turn off the tap the water itself and make sure the minerals the antibodies the antigens all these other things that are within it are there so when you put soap on there it breaks it out totally destroys the saliva and of course now gets to the mucosa and totally breaks down mucosa any soap any detergent that's why we do not use them up our other mucosa or the main mucosa up here because it defies physiology that's what it is it defies the whole point of physiology how does the human body work how does it sustain itself? How does it maintain balance? What is it doing to balance back and modulate and all these things? How do we work with that and accentuate and then enhance that? 
knowing that's being attacked all the time, especially the way we all live today, one way or another, we're all being more attacked than we normally are. Therefore, we need to balance back more. So replenish all this, stimulate your saliva, stimulate your parasympathetic nervous system, add back the organic oils, nurture and seal that leaky part, basically, what I was talking about before. Seal those joints between the cells, nurture them. Teeth don't need anything, nothing except mineral and alkaline environment, period. Nothing else. Acid dissolves mineral. Water without um, any minerals will slowly dissipate the mineral out of something, basically, until you get that, again, that balance between them, and they will just stay there. But as soon as you put a drop of acid in there, immediately the mineral starts to break out. So when you alkalize the mouth, teeth cannot dissolve. If you want them to get stronger, not if you want them. That's the way it is, basically. <laughs> That's the way the human body works. Any animal body, not just the human body. You put extra minerals, and there's only two minerals, literally, which is calcium and phosphate that make up teeth. Together, they become hydroxyapatite, a combination. Fluoride is not part of that at all. Never has been, never will be. So I don't know what the whole story about that is. We talked about that last time. <laughs> so teeth, that's all they need. You can scrub teeth with soap. You can scrub, scrub them with hypochlorite. You can scrub them with bleach. You can, that's what we do when we extract teeth to disinfect them. I've got a whole bunch of them right here at home. Put them in anything. They just don't go anywhere. Acid is what disturbs them. Abrasive long-term, of course, will weaken them as well. But that's it. The rest of what I'm talking about is for your whole mouth, the microbiome, the skin, your gums. Stop dissolving your gums with acid and with detergents and with abrasives and scrubbing them because that's what dissolves gums away. How do you tenderize meat? Yeah, Acid, exactly. Right? <laughs> Quick question then. So in some of my books, I've said, you know, have a glass of filtered water with salt in there and a squeeze of lemon juice or a little dash of apple cider vinegar, which I put onto a dressing or even have a little swig of. So how does that play in? Because Lovely. I'm hearing Lovely. lemon juice and apple cider vinegar. It's like, oh, here we go. I probably need to retract Thank that or change it. Or is it the dosage? Thank you so much for this beautiful question. And as we said last time, you never throw the baby out with the bathwater. I told you, and I'll say it again, I love you. I love what you do. I love what you represent. I love everything that I know about. I don't know everything about you, but, blah, blah. but I know at the same moment, I know that there's no way I'll agree with you on everything. And there's no way you'll agree with me on anything. But that doesn't mean, oh, I don't agree with you on this one. Drop you all. No. Let's debate this point. Everything else is great. We love everything about each other. Right? Let's debate this point. And I either convince you or convince you. Oh, we don't. And that's also okay. So I love this point because I always talk about it with my guests and on my talks and all these things. So lemon juice and orange juice, for example, and all citrus fruit juices are simply water, citric acid, and sugar. That's all they are. The vitamin C is in the peel the antioxidant part that stops it. Lemons and oranges rot from inside. They don't rot from outside because that part is sugary. That can ferment, but this outer part cannot. So most of the vitamin C is in the pulp and in the shell, basically. So anyway, let's not go into too much of the diet now. Let's just talk about the acid part. <laughs> so when you're eating anything that's acidic, and I'm talking eating, not drinking, you are producing what I said before, saliva. Saliva is alkaline to neutralize acids. That's the way it is. So you chew anything, 
make saliva. That's if you have been looking after your saliva and, and all these things in the first place. It alkalizes, everything is, is neutralized, it goes down, non-acidic, but then of course it mixes with acid in the stomach, that's a whole different story. The stomach is the only human body part that makes and sustains acid. No other part of the human body can or should stay in acidity for any longer than seconds basically at all. Above the stomach or below the stomach, immediately. It has to be alkalized to neutralize. We're not actually alkaline all the time. We're just above neutral with 7, 7.4, blood, resting saliva, and all that stuff. But to maintain that, like we said before, to modulate that, we constantly produce alkaline juices, saliva here, pancreatic juice down there, and all that stuff to neutralize acids because we know they're coming. So chewing acids is totally fine. And also when you cook with the lemon or with the acetic acid, basically the vinegar and all that stuff, you're mixing it with other stuff, with salads. Salads are green. Anything that's leaf that's green is alkaline. Chlorophyll is alkaline, period. So you're chewing those together, they neutralize each other. There's a whole different combination of what happens physiologically and with what you're serving that neutralizes that acid immediately. And now you get the benefit, but without the bad side effect. Drinking is different. When we drink, we do not produce saliva. So every time you put a sip of acid, whether it's kombucha, which is very acidic, it's fermented, it's lactic acid basically, or cider vinegar or lemon juice or orange juice, or of course, Coke, Red Bull, all of them have citric acid as a preservative basically. So citric acid is highly dangerous. It comes from lemons, but it's in everything, in every preserved drink and every preserved food. Citric acid or E330, same thing. Every sip of acid, you swallow most of it, whatever remains, now it's acidified and you're not making extra saliva to neutralize it. So you're seeping your teeth in acid and your gums that's dissolving them. Gums are collagen. Collagen dissolves in acid. That's why we soak in red wine or in lemon juice or in something acidic to break down the meat, soften the meat, break down the collagen. So gums and skin break down the collagen, the acid. Teeth are mineral. They dissolve in acid. You keep doing that all the time and your teeth will just dissolve away and your gums will recede. That's just acid. We didn't even add the the abrasive and the stupid brushes that everybody's using and all these things, that's, that makes it even worse. Just while we're on the drink side of things, where does, I mean, I'm having a cup of tea here at the moment, tea leaves, filtered water, into my cup. A lot of people have a coffee every day. Yep, me too. I love both. Coffee. Issues for dental with having either of those? Serious issues, no, if you have them in moderation because they're both diuretic. So they will make you excrete your water, and therefore, when you're dry, your salivary glands and your adrenal glands are the first two to shut down. Like, okay, we're dehydrated, brain and heart need the water, let's shut down the glands. So too much diuretic, not good. Of course, if you put sugar in them, now you're fermenting the bad bacteria in your mouth and feeding the fungus, basically, and the bad bacteria. You're changing the biology by changing the biochemistry now with the sugars, so don't put sugars in them. Creamers and all that junk. I mean, okay, whatever you put in it can make it more toxic or not, because people think coffee, oh, a frappuccino's coffee. Well, no, nah, it contains a bit of coffee, but that's a whole, but it ain't coffee. <laughs> Just like, your name is water. Yeah, but it isn't the same as water. <laughs> okay, so if I'm going to have my lemon juice or the vinegar, put it into the food, onto the right. dressing, don't drink it. So we've got the chewing mechanism because that's got the saliva. Perfect. So let's oranges, go into... Just while we're at oranges, eat them. Don't drink orange juice. As a health drink. As a fun drink, do whatever you want to do. Once in a while, we all do crazy stuff. We just know it. Hey, this is not good for me, but for today it's fun. It's 10% of the time. 
90 or 80% of the time, do the good stuff. Eat your orange juice, don't drink your orange juice. My family and I have been using beautiful, high-quality essential oils for the last 20 years to live healthily every single day. Now, if you're passionate about health and are ready to step into leadership, I want to invite you to partner with my team and I to build a beautifully successful doTERRA business. Register at PeteHLC.com backslash Pete. That's PeteHLC which stands for the Healthy Living Collective, .com backslash Pete. And then if you wake up in the morning and the first thing you have is a kombucha, that's probably not a good thing. Terrible thing. And last thing of a night time to have alcohol for your last drink is... It's not good. Terrible. Terrible for your mouth. Terrible for your gums. Okay, so let's get into brushing our teeth. Do we need to do it? And if we do need to do it, and also flossing, if you can talk about those two things mm -hmm. and how have you developed something that doesn't cause any harm? And I will let you explain that, please. Thank you. So given that you're not doing a lot of the other things wrong and you're doing better and better and better, and if you haven't been doing it well, you can always do better. So we're always evolving. Don't start your morning you're dry when you wake up in the morning. Don't start your morning with an acidic shot of, like we said, lemon juice or whatever. So don't acidify, alkalize, stimulate your saliva first thing in the morning and last thing at night. Activate your parasympathetic nervous system. So what you put in signals, what you put in alkalizes, and the way you do it. So I'm going to talk right now how to brush and all these things. The, the way you do it is just as important as what you're doing and what you're using to do it with. So it's all holistic again, holistic, the whole thing. I've evolved the whole thing. So do we need to do it? Absolutely. Because for all purposes, no matter where you live, even if you lived in a island by yourself and you caught your own fish and hunted your own deer and grew your own vegetables, which is very rare these days, and I don't want to be that <laughs> myself because I don't know how to hunt or fish. Let's put it this way. 99.9% .9 of us today are eating and consuming and living in environments that are totally different to what I just mentioned. So we're not going to go back to that primitive way of living, even though it was good for our ancestors. We know we're different today. What can we take the best out of it? Did they start their morning with anything acidic ever in history? No. It's either water and or some good fats in the morning. So olive oil, it's still in Palestine and Lebanon and Israel today and all these things. It's a standard thing, a shot of oil, basically. And of course, in the mountains and all these things, the butter, yak butter or any other butter basically blended in with coffee, with tea, or just by itself, they literally drank a shot of fat. Ketosis and all these things. That wasn't their intention, but anyway, now we know about the ketosis. But what, what is all this doing here? It's lubricating, not acidifying. So how do we mimic that in day-to-day -day life? Living in the environments that we live in today. We add all, this, all of these things together. So that's why I developed the system to be physiological, where you're using and alkaline matherins, so wake up in the morning, have a glass of water, clean water, have it by your bed, otherwise you won't drink it, big sip of water, start that flow happening. Going to the bathroom, you're gonna to go to the toilet or the shower or whatever, the first thing in the morning, as soon as you walk in, shove a little bit of this alkaline matherins in your mouth and start to rinse with it. For five, six minutes, whatever, you're in, sitting in the toilet, being in the shower, you're rinsing out with an already an alkaline physio. By the way, I won't go into the ingredients and the details for now, but the alkaline here is pH balanced to human saliva, pH 8. If there's a number, so alkaline, 14, 12, that's picking detergent. That will burn your skin on the other extreme. So too much acid, too much alkaline is, is not good. It's alkaline, I mean, 
to human physiology, pH 8, plus it stimulates your own saliva. And the rinsing stimulates even further. So you're stimulating as you're rinsing, the flow, alkalinity, starts to break down any bad biofilm that has grown overnight, because you're gonna do the same thing at night, by the way. And then you brush your gums and your teeth. You don't brush your teeth, you brush your gums and your teeth. Because debris, biofilm, sticky gunk, gets stuck to teeth and to gums. And I show this in all my videos, I'm showing it to our guests under the microscope when they come to the clinic. The slime, which we don't see really unless we magnify it or color it with, with special stains that we have, and you can buy some of them in the pharmacy actually, is stuck on your gums because they're thick basically and on your teeth. So you've got to brush both, but without disturbing them, without destroying your gum with either hard toothbrushes or abrasives in the toothpaste or the detergents or the alcohol in the whole thing. You should be nurturing them. So therefore the whole system that I created is basically the world's first oral care supplement system. It's physically a supplement. It's not just food grade, which it is. It's literally food. So all of it is ingestible and stays in. Yes, the mathrins, you'll spit it out, but if you swallow some while you're doing it, it's totally fine because it's food grade and there's none in the world that are like this. And then you use the serum. Now the serum is one third organic oils, one third xylitol from birchwood trees, and one third biominerals. The magnesium, the calcium, the phosphate, the nine-hydroxyapatite, the potassium, the sodium, bicarbonate, baking soda basically, bicarbonate is what our body primarily manufactures to alkalize itself. So supplement that. But if you add sodium, you have to add potassium to keep the balance. Magnesium is there. The world's first oral care serum that's lipid-based and is and contains nutritious vitamin D3 and vitamin K2, critical for human health, especially math, especially everything else, and penetrates with the oils because they're oil fat soluble. The organic oils carry that through your gums. So it's a whole nutritious supplement that takes you into ketosis while you're cleaning, killing the bad bugs, nurturing the good bacteria. And it's not paste. It's not a paste. You even called it paste. It's because it isn't a paste. It has nothing to do with toothpaste. Nothing in ingredients, in structure, in use, in functionality. It is literally a serum. So you put it on your skin. You can put it actually on anything. It burns, cuts, you put it on, it just heals immediately. We've had many colleagues whose children grew up using our serum and they used it when they were little babies on, for a nappy rash. Put it on a nappy rash and it goes away. It's a healing oil that carries biominerals in it. So you eat it. So explain to me again, why not abrasives? Because people say you need to put something there to have the abrasive effects. I'll tell you why not abrasives and I'll show you the only micro abrasive part of this whole thing. So my organic dental detox whitening powder is the only thing that has a very small amount of a micro abrasive which is the diatomaceous earth. Actually, it's not even there as an abrasive because it's only 2%. It's there as an absorbent. Charcoal is bad. Charcoal is very toxic to the lungs, extremely toxic to lungs. You can't brush with charcoal powder. That's stupid, actually. If you take in charcoal, swallow it for your guts to absorb everything, that's fine, but don't brush with it and don't put it in your mouth all the time. Highly toxic to the lungs. So that's the only microabrasive in there. The rest, everything else, what's in here, what's everywhere else, must be water-soluble. So it is not an abrasive. What you should do is change the biochemistry, the adhesiveness of that plaque biofilm. Plaque and biofilm technically are the same thing, but anyway, as it thickens, it causes disease because now we're growing more bad bacteria that hate oxygen, anaerobic bacteria. That's what causes gum disease and bad breath and everything else. So we don't want to leave thick, dirty plaque. Where now, like I said before, changing the biochemistry changes the biology. So whatever is growing starts to change. So we need to keep 
scrubbing away that sticky dirt, that biofilm, so it reforms again nice and thin. It will always reform. Within eight hours, the whole math will be the same for the guts, will be full again of exactly the same number, number, not type necessarily, of the same number of bacteria from any moment of you brushing properly, cleaning properly, going to the dentist, we do it even more properly, whatever. Within eight hours, it's all back. They multiply very, very quickly. The question is, what has grown back? So, yes, you need to thin out that dirt. You need to remove dirt. You can't spray a heap of dirt with something nice and natural, whatever, and go, oh, it's clean now. You've got to clean the dirt, yes, but you don't need to abrade it. We don't abrade our windows. We don't abrade our cars with abrasive and scrub them and say, oh, this was to clean the car. Look at all the scratches you just left on there. So why are we doing it to our mats? Because detergent manufacturers told us so, and then everybody else jumped on the same bandwagon, literally, I'm talking literally, not metaphors, jumped on the same bandwagon. Oh, they're making money out of this. We can take out one of their ingredients, put on another thing, call ours natural, and it's natural. It ain't natural for the human body, my friend. Everything is natural in origin. Is it natural in effect? That's the question. So is a toothpaste containing, I don't know, just all the same abrasive and all these things, just no fluoride, but has, I don't know, some nice oil here or there or something like that, that's a natural thing? No, it might be natural in source, but so is the fluoride. It's a natural substance. Where did it come from? It came from nature. Is it natural in effect? That's the thing. So to do that, we need no harsh bristles. I redesigned the toothbrush. 12 months, 27 prototypes to make this brush. Made with love, with intention, bioenergetically balanced. You, literally, you can feel it in your hands. It's very different to any other, including any other bamboo brush. Yes, the material is bamboo, so it's eco-friendly, but it's the design of it. It's curved, it's balanced in your hand, it does not look or feel like any other bamboo brush. It's carbonized wood, not fumigated. Any other bamboo brush has sharp edges and very light wood, which means it's treated with fumigation, methyl bromide, that's also toxic. But the wood has to be treated, well, it's either fumigation or carbonization, cook it, basically. So that's cooked, not fumigated, balanced, super soft bristles, flat on top, but rounded edges. So now when you put it on your gums, it's actually, you feel, ah, massaging. This is healing and soothing while it's cleaning, not abrading, not cutting. If you put your brush in your gums, and that's, by the way, I'm going to come to the technique in a second. If you put it in your gums and you feel, ouch, stop. If it doesn't feel right, it is not right. If it doesn't feel good, it is bad, period. If something burns in your mouth, stop using it. If something is ouch, stop using it. It must be super soft. I couldn't find any that I liked. They're eco-friendly, not plastic and toxic and all these things, and that are super soft and all that, so I went and made it. It's basically the world's first gum and toothbrush because we need to start with our gums and our teeth. Serum is healing and soothing. Every now and then you'll use organic powder to deep cleanse, yes, and it helps whiten teeth the organic powder because it has an oxidizing agent in it. By the way, oxidation, antioxidation, physiology, follow and modulate the human body's system. This is an oxidizing or contains an oxidizing agent, so does the powder, so you do that, and then you switch off the oxidation. Antioxidants all the time, wrong. Oxidation all the time, totally wrong. It's a modulation process. So to whiten teeth, yes, you need oxidizing, but also you need to kill bad bacteria with oxidizing agents, just like the human body does, but then you need to switch that off, which is antioxidants and the oils in here. So when you put that on the brush and you hold it, I tell people to hold it like that. I'm not gonna put it now because it'll make me salivate a lot. I'm like, ooh, if I put it on the, ooh, salivation, very good. And you put it on your gums, not on your teeth. 
So it's under gums there. I've got videos close up all over my sites and all that. You can see this. And then you're jiggling and wiggling. You're not brushing. You know, this thing they show on TV all the time, which is what most people do. Ridiculous. Regardless of the type of brush. So this matters. But now how you do it matters a lot. So no scrubbing like this and no flicking. That's useless. That's a waste of bloody time. You can't do anything proper like that. And this is stupid. So what you need to do is on your gums and you're jiggling. I call it the jiggle and wiggle. You're jiggling and wiggling. When you do it constantly, it becomes a circle of motion. So call it circle of motion, massaging motion. I call it jiggle and wiggle because I'm trying to jiggle and wiggle. The bristles are soft. They clean your gums, they clean your teeth, they clean in between your gum and your teeth, and they fall in between the teeth as well. You actually will need to floss a lot less if you use my system than with anything else. I'm not gonna say don't floss, I'll come to floss in a second, but you hardly ever you'll find something coming out if you're doing this properly. And you're massaging. Now, if I had the time or the space, I would stand up and show you how I do it because it's a whole system. It's a meditation. I just woke up, I need to rebalance my body. I don't wait until I go meditation or prayer mat to start my prayer, which I do after, I'm in the bathroom. I'm most vulnerable, most naked. <laughs> That's the truth. Usually in the bathroom, you're not dressed up like we are right now. You are alone and you're just waking up. Or at night, you're just going off to sleep. Make that a sensory experience for your whole body rather than a chore. So don't put toxins and irritants like we just said before into your body, shock it into sympathetic shock. Like, oh shit, threat is coming. Soap, detergent, alcohol, abrasive, scrub, 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 noisy, Electric toothbrushes, I used to love them, I hate them now. Other than environmental impact, where the hell do they go? Oh, the EMF coming out of them, the vibration coming out of them, the shakiness and all these things and the aggression that they do, totally ridiculous. Unless you're disabled, fine, use them. If you're able, become more able. Use your hands, connect with a piece of earth, massage yourself and clean yourself properly while you're activating your neurons, you're activating your parasympathetic nervous system, you're calming down. Switch hands, use your left hand, immediately neural reconnections. Sensory experience, becoming ambidextrous. Empower yourself all the time, like we said last time in the last video, to keep regenerating rather than degenerating. You're gonna brush your teeth anyway. You're gonna brush your gums anyway. Do it properly, do it nutritiously, do it thoroughly, but make it a whole body experience. And the way you stand, I stand up like this, bend my knees, like I said, I can't stand up right now in the camera, bend my knees a little bit, sway forward a little bit, into the future, and that's out of balance, sway back into the past, out of balance, come back to the center point, the here and now, and you'll feel it. So I usually lock one hand behind my back when I'm doing it with this hand, and I just sway back and forth like this, and I find, ooh, out of balance, here and now, I feel balanced and centered, and massage, and then switch hands and massage. Inside gums, outside gums, scrub the dirt off, push the healing oils, organic coconut oil, organic cocoa butter, that carry Totoro from the Totoro tree, the man of the land here in New Zealand, basically, plus peppermint oil, and these are drops though. The majority of the oils that I'm talking about are cocoa butter and coconut oil. What you're talking about here is turning our teeth routine, mm -hmm. mouth routine, into yeah. a ritual, into a ceremony. Thank you. Into a self-meditating, parasympathetic, calming the way you're standing the way you're doing it what you're putting in and how you're doing the whole thing becomes like i said a sensory experience as i said before the mat is sensory so everything you put in ooh, whatever happens in it the massaging blood flow on your gums you're massaging the blood flow you're massaging in oils that are healing and soothing and carrying the vitamin d3 and k2 in through your gums and all that stuff 
your teeth are being cleaned. So it's cleaning, it's healing, it's nutrition, and you're becoming ambidextrous, connecting different parts of your body. It's a sensory experience, a ritual, exactly like you said, rather than a chore. Freaking hell, I'm gonna brush my body teeth really quick because my freaking dentist said I should do so with some toxic stuff. So where does flossing and those pickies that people put through their teeth back and forth with the little brushes, where does that fall into play? Excellent question. And like I said before, if you're doing, it's best seen. If you haven't seen what I'm talking about, it's hard to explain it. But if anybody goes to our website or my Facebook or whatever, you'll, you'll see videos of me under microscope showing people how the bristles go in between the teeth when you're doing this technique. You're on your gums and your teeth and you're jiggling and wiggling. It's just this, basically. They drop in and clean much more plus destabilizers. Remember this, if people forget most of what I just said today, remember this, if it can't stick, it can't make you sick. If the bad bacteria and the bad fungus and the bad viruses even can't stick to your mucosa and to your skin and to your teeth or whatever, they cannot make you sick. So destabilize their adhesion, which is biochemically, basically, with the oils and the oxidizing agents and all that stuff, it destabilizes them. And then mechanically, but softly and gently rub them off so they fall off. Can't stick, don't make you sick. And whatever environment, ecological environment you leave behind will determine the ecosystem and the biology of what will grow in, the good bacteria, bad bacteria. So flossing comes in where these things cannot go through and through in between all of the teeth, even though, like I said, this will go through much more than any other brush. These things would have weakened that adhesion of the biofilm to your teeth and to your gums. So you'll get a lot more cleaning, but there will be a, a point where you just can't get through and there will be a bit of dirt every now and then that stays there. And if it stays there, it will rot. It itself rots, food rots. This is not an analogy. It is rotting food. What is plaque? It is rotting food. Is it okay to lick some food and put it in your ear and leave it there? Ew, no. Leave it under your fingernail after you've done your cooking and just go home for three days and leave that rotting food. And like, ew, thank you, ew. <laughs> it's the same thing. It rots. When it rots, what is it? Bad bacteria, bad fungus growing on it. They become bad for us. So tooth decay is acid made by those bacteria. If they ferment the sugar, it's lactic acid. Just like you ferment kombucha or beer or anything like that. Bacteria fermenting sugar, making lactic acid. That's what rots teeth. It's simple as that. And or, of course, anaerobic bacteria that cause gum inflammation, gum disease, bleeding gums, dissolving bone. And of course, those are the ones that get into your heart and cause disease. So flossing just flicks out that last little bit of dirt it's not the main thing flossing is not the main thing you will never get away with flossing if you don't do the first part properly it only goes in one little spot what about the whole rest so this is primary flossing is secondary so if you floss three four times a week every night but do it properly really good for you the brushes are good if you're not very dexterous get dexterous that's my primary advice if you're not very good with your hands get better your kids don't get electric toothbrushes. It's like I said, disturbing the vibration to the physiology, the EMF coming out of it, toxicity to the environment, but also it's weakening them. Stop weakening your body. Start strengthening your body. You're given hands to make them more dexterous. I'm not very good with this. I'm not good with all my, my left hand if you're right-handed. Fine, get better then. Train yourself. Do you think this was easy for me using my left hand when I first did Like, oh, this feels weird, but that's the point. Get better with it. The better you get, the cleaner it becomes, the less often you have to floss not flossing at all. The little brushes are important if you have bigger gaps between your teeth and the floss just sways around in there, then it's okay or better to use the little brushes. But if you have very tight spaces like I have or you have, you won't even get the brushes in there. Water picks, 
I have all of these devices, many, many, many of them, and I used to love some of them, hate some of them, but over the years, it's a mess. Other than being a mess, and again, it's vibration and shaking, all these things, it doesn't clean up everything. So get better with your flossing, but first of all, get better with your actual brushing and make it into a ritual. And then during the daytime, you keep alkalizing back with what I made here, these active vital mints, basically. They're literally mints that are, again, alkalizing, simulating the saliva flow, immediately. So you've had some acid, you've had some kombucha, drink your kombucha once in a while. I'm not saying don't ever touch it. Drink your orange juice once in a while. It's for fun. If you don't drink alcohol, you drink the orange juice when you got like, I don't drink alcohol at all. So I'll have a Coke. I'll have an orange juice when I go out with friends. I just don't buy it at home. That's all. I know it's acid. I'm not doing it every day. And I've got something to alkalize straight away, basically. So alkalize, stimulate your saliva. Again, it's a biomineral. So calcium, phosphate, hydroxyapicide, magnesium, all in there. So these are vital mints. There's mints, you suck on them, you can suck and go on them, you can crush and brush. If you're traveling, you just crush this in your mouth and you brush with it because you won't have access to the serum or the rinse while you're in a plane or in a car. Just crush this, brush with it, or it's like called suck and go, chew and go, or <laughs> suck and go, sounds good, yeah? <laughs> suck and go, chew and go, or crush and brush with the mints. So they have very similar ingredients to the powder, but you suck on them during the daytime and or brush with them if you're traveling. And then we've got the rinse refills and these compostable sachets. That's another world first. Everything's a world first, but this is totally a world first. The content, the active concentrate that makes up what's in here, the rest is ozonated water basically. Now we're selling it as a compostable sachets. This is uh, tree paper. It's not even real paper. It's, uh, sorry, not tree paper. This is stone paper from limestone. So that's limestone. What's inside is a compostable sachet. What's inside of that is the powder. You put it into clean, filtered water, blend it up, you make your own math rinse at home because this is the most used by quantity product basically of the system because you use it every day, morning and night, and then serum stays in. Oh, by the way, you don't spit after this. You can spit, of course. If you have a lot of saliva, you can spit, but don't rinse. That's what I want to say. Do not rinse after this. This is food, this is nutrition for your math, for your microbiome, for your mitochondria and your body. It stays in. So that's the equivalent of a toothpaste, the serum, you're not spitting it out afterwards. That's what you say. It's food. So gotcha. It's food. Because the other toothpaste that are out there, you want to spit that out. You want to and you have to. And it says so on every bottle, including everything that's called natural toothpaste. It says so clearly. Must be spat, rinsed, do not give it to children, do not make sure they swallow it, which I don't know how that works. A one-year-old, two-year-old, three-year-old, here, have this, son. It tastes sweet and weird, but don't swallow it. And even if you don't swallow it, like I said before, whatever you ingest, you digest. I mean that literally. Notice the word ingest. We do not ingest stuff into our body by swallowing. We don't, but that's the slowest way to ingest something to the body is by swallowing it. It mixes with stomach acids, gets absorbed, it gets broken down, gets changed, and it takes time. Direct ingestion is one, either IV, intravenous, that's the fastest way to ingest something to the body, or through the mucosa, like I just said. The minute you put on your mucosa, it's in your body already, like inside your blood, way before you swallow it or not. So if you're not supposed to swallow it, if it's not supposed to go onto your mucosa, if it's not food, why are you putting it inside your body every day, first thing and last thing, for a lifetime? To disturb your biology and your neurology. Why? That's my question. <laughs> my last question to you, and this has been an amazing conversation, mm. brother, and we will have to do number three. <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm going on for too long, and I'm sorry. If I'm, every, every answer for me is like, oh, okay, let me take you there, and then bring you here, and then now you get where I'm going. <laughs> sorry. 
Some of the people that I've had on the podcast that are in the medical world have been silenced before because their theories seem unorthodox to the establishment. And where do you sit with your dental mm. profession? Like, have you been challenged by this? Have you been? Have I been challenged? <laughs> have you have you had your license removed? Not from... removed because I don't do anything wrong. And I'm saying this with great respect to everything that's happening around me. As many problems that as I've had in my personal life and my father passing away and my younger sister passing away, these are many other factors that cause me to continue down this path or we should be doing better and better with holistic healing and all these things, the personal struggles. I've had a lot of, so with all respect to, like I said, personal or emotional things or whatever, financial things and personal family, the majority of the support that I got for what I'm doing has come from some colleagues, absolutely. I want to say that first because some of the people who believed with me early on and growing obviously and all these things have been my main source of strength because oh, it was so easy to give up so many times. Like this is just too hard. Just give it up, man. It's just whatever. But also having said that, the major source of attack publicly in writing and privately and everything else. Like I've got letters, I've got emails, there's Facebook posts, there's group posts, there's just everywhere basically. The biggest part of the attack was also from my profession. Huge, like huge. So there's never a challenge without a gift or a gift without a challenge. So to answer your question, yes, deep challenges. And I mentioned one of them before with a huge, very influential professor in the region writing that letter that I had to respond to. And there was a lot more detail to that letter. I just mentioned parts of it. But there's many, 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 many challenges, publicly and privately and everything else. And simultaneously, though, my major support was from within the profession itself. Because I, I could have, I'm, I'm human. We're all human. Other than being fallible and all these things, we can all have the best intent and the best activity and accumulate. It's not my intelligence. It's accumulating the best intelligence in the world. I didn't invent any of these ingredients. I'm just the first person in the world to put them all together for proper use and then put it into a system. That's all I did. I didn't invent an ingredient here, but put it, all that intelligence and all these things together. Let's make this work and all that stuff and find the funding or whatever. But it gets scary. It gets depressing. It gets lonely many times when you feel, oh shit, am I the crazy one? Or is everybody else crazy? Or why me? Why did this choose me to go through me? And do I really have to go this through this shit or just give it up and be an average dentist like everybody else and be an average, just, just be an average guy? Many times been through this, many times. And the source of support was, other than family, like I said, was colleagues, certain colleagues. And I can name many of them now, but I don't want to name them because then I'll miss others, which is not nice. Because I love them and they love me and they trusted me with their own kids, literally from birth, using my products with their own kids and believing Hishambi, what you're saying, and thank you for standing up for us, and thank you for saying the stuff you say about fluoride and mercury and this, because we're too scared to say it. So challenges and gifts, both at the same time, from the profession and from outside, of course, as well. Mm. Being threatened many times, letters to the NZDA, questioning about the NZ, from the NZ dental associations and all these things, many times. Well, I love you, brother. I, I'm very grateful that you are in the world doing what you're doing. And I love that you are open to disagreements, but you don't throw somebody out because they might have a differing opinion on something. And this is interesting because I had a uh, New Zealand dentist because I have, as you know, 
suggested to people, well, I tell people I don't put fluoride, I remove the fluoride from our water mm -hmm. supply. And I have been labelled by journalists in this country, a headline saying Pete Evans wants to kill your I'm babies. seen that. Because of, and that was only about removing mm -hmm. fluoride. And I've had a New Zealand dentist write blogs about <laughs> me saying that because I have said tap water mm -hmm. that has fluoride is not great, they have written a, 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 like an essay saying that Pete Evans is promoting soft drink and juices over water. So <laughs> you actually know what you're talking about in relation to, oh, I never said, and their comeback was that if people think that tap water is dangerous, uh -huh. then they're going to go out and buy soft drink for their children. I mean, this is the reality or the mentality mm -hmm. for people to combat what I'm saying, which is get the cleanest possible water that you can for your family. Thank you. That's exactly what you said last is what you were saying. Get clean water. If I don't say it exactly like that and you don't understand it to be that, well, how can I help you? If, if you're not that intelligent or that you were intentionally ignorant and want to just fight, like we said last time, you just want to fight without going for a solution. It's important to fight against something bad but more important, it's much more important to know what we're fighting for. That's good. So identify that. And I wrote this in my book here, 40 Leadership, that was published in 2012 and, and all that. You've got to define your fight, yes. But what you're fighting for is what you're going for. So don't fight against another human. Even if you disagree with them, fight for what is better. But if you waste your, your life hating other people, I define the fight that's in me as a fight against human ignorance. Apathy, which is lack of care, and tolerance and intolerance as well. It's a fight for, this is where it gets, it's a fight for intelligence. So knowledge basically and intelligence, which is the opposite of the ignorance. So yeah, it's against ignorance, but therefore it is what? You can't stop doing something. It's start doing something and this one goes away. Intelligence and knowledge, it's a fight for caring and it's a fight for acceptance of everyone else not tolerating other humans and not intolerating them either. Because tolerance, I can tolerate stink or pain for so long until I just can't tolerate that shit anymore. We should not tolerate each other. We should accept each other. You are you, I am me, you have your opinions, I have my opinions. We can collaborate, we can corroborate, or we can each do our own thing and you do your thing and I do my thing. No problem with that. Eight billion people these days, 99.99% of them will never hear your name or care about your existence or mine or whatever. They have their own spheres. I have my own spheres. You have your own spheres. We either collaborate or we don't. That's it. What's this attack for? What are you fighting for rather than who are you fighting against? Who are you fighting against? What is this deal with everybody? I've got so many letters like this. I've got in public forums with other colleagues, by other colleagues. You're a snake oil salesman. You're this. You're that. You, you've joined the dark side, like I said before. I've got these things in writing. I've got them all documented. I'm like, are you guys for real? You have nothing better to do than to fight against another person without even thinking about what they're saying, what they mean, how they're trying to serve, without even thinking about what you're not thinking about yourself. But hey, people take that time out of their busy lives to insult other humans rather than fight for something better and spend that time increasing their own intelligence. It's sad world of reality, but we've got to keep working on it. And find that tribe, find those people who believe with you 
and keep going forward because we're only going to grow better and stronger as a species when we work together. That's what we're designed. We're a community, just like those bugs we're talking about and everything else, our community, we are a community. And with them, we're all a community. So, yeah, I hear you, man. And brother, once again, I love you. Where can people find you and your products and your website? So for the products website, because I've got multiple websites doing many things, courses and dentistry and books and all that stuff, but for the products, it's Dr. Hishams, D-R-H-I-S-H-A-M-S. Dot NZ. Of course, if you type .com or .nz, it will all come up, but it's drhishams.nz. And by the way, I took the liberty without asking you, but I'll say it anyway. <laughs> I will put up a PET10, P-E-T-E-10 code up that you can use on that website or on our distributor's website in Australia and in the UK, which is functional self, functionalself.com.au or .co.uk. They're my beautiful friends and distributors in Australia and in the UK, either Dr. Hishams or Functional Self. If you put in Pete10, the checkout will give you 10% off your order anytime. And we'll keep this open. We'll keep this ongoing, basically. On your first order, now or in a month or 10 months, we'll just keep it open. If I may do that mm. on your behalf <laughs> with the Pete 10, <laughs> that'll be good. <laughs> you can do whatever you like, as long as I don't get in trouble by any outside force or industry body. I'm not paying anything for this. You're not paying me anything for this. This is not between us. This is between the talking between us. The rest is a service to the world. Beautiful. Thank you, brother. You're welcome, my friend. And I hope to see you again. And I know what we will meet again soon again and chat again and serve it together again. And maybe I can learn to be a less of an idiot cook for you. Impress <laughs> <laughs> <just> my wife. <laughs> Cooking's pretty simple. Uh, it's very simple. Yeah. I'll get you a couple. If you of know things. what you're doing, it's pretty simple. <laughs> Brother, have a wonderful day and can't thank you once again for your time. Love you. Love you too, bro. If you would like to become a qualified health coach, then the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, or IIN for short, can help you achieve your goals. I completed their health coaching course many years ago, which has been one of the catalysts for my own journey into what I now love to do, which is to help people achieve greater health through the sharing of information through my books, seminars, podcasts, TV shows, and films. I recommend IIN for anyone wishing to pursue a career in the health coaching and wellness space. IIN is a one-year course, so that if you're a full-time worker, busy parent, or wherever you are in your life, it is flexible enough so you'll be able to complete all the required curriculum. Please see the link included in the podcast show notes or my website to access the free sample class and first module of their program. This will give you a great taste of the format as well as the structure, and you can also utilize my special discount that I can offer you if you decide to sign up. Make sure you tell the admissions team that you're part of the Pete Evans Tuition Savings to claim your very substantial discount. Please visit integrativenutrition.com or email admissions at integrativenutrition.com. The information, views and opinions expressed in this podcast should not be treated as a substitute for nutritional, medical or other advice by a qualified professional. Guests in this podcast express their own opinions, experiences, and conclusions. Nothing in this podcast should be used to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any medical condition. Neither Pete Evans nor any sponsor 
endorse any views, opinions or conclusions expressed or shared in this podcast.